Welcome to Luna the Full Moon. Today we are chatting with human resources guru and business consultant, Kimberly D. Turpin. Kimberly, I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome. Thank you, Candace. I am so excited to be here with you. Well, look, we're going to jump right in. I know the topic is um, probably something that people have been thinking about. It's called the Great Resignation. Um, yes. How did you come about thinking about this particular topic? What made you want to address this subject? I think because people have so many perspectives of this topic. So, and a lot of what was happening is people were saying that once all of the um, extra and unemployment money was gone, everyone would return back to work. And I kind of saw the trends that that really wouldn't be possible for a certain demographic of people. And I put myself in that category. I was um, fortunate enough to be working, but I thought about what if I wasn't working and the schools were closed, I wouldn't have been able to return to work because I had to stay home with my child. So some people did not have that option. And it wasn't that they wanted to be home and not work. They just couldn't simply go back to work. So I started thinking about that. And once the money was taken away, people still were not returning to work. So when you say, demo, you know, the specific demographic, let's drill down to that. What demographic? Let's sure. let's identify that demographic. So that would be myself, a single mom with, you know, school age children that can't stay home by themselves to do the um, online learning. So I think when they started seeing that, that was not going to um, bring people back into the workforce. Let's put the children back into school. So that's a whole other topic. Yeah, uh, yeah. Virtual school, virtual school is a pain point for so many. So let's, yeah, virtual school, in person school. Yeah, that's. We'll have to do another show for that one. <laughs> another, yeah, that's another segment. So I start, I've always been thinking about that. And of course, being in this field, uh, I saw how recruiting was a problem. And for certain industries, recruiting has been a problem for several years. People just didn't realize it, especially for the truck driving industry. So these things just didn't happen overnight. So yes, it's a great resignation, but they've been brewing for a while. And in some instances, some businesses are having a problem because they're not treating their employees right. Okay, so that can be a very subjective statement. They're not treating their employees right. Mm -hmm. Right by, by the standard of... How employees are feeling. Some employees are feeling that the employer is not being understanding about what their needs are. Mm -hmm. Um, they're not being uh, fair about their wages. Mm -hmm. So this is something that a lot of people that have, when I'm reading the um, the different articles and, and the researching and the interviews, a lot of this is coming up about poor leadership. Makes sense. I, I think I know where you're going with that. So... In the great the great resignation, um, you've actually just covered a, a couple of good 
you mentioned a couple of good things um, as a human resources guru and also as a business consultant, because I know you talk with businesses on ways to improve, you know, practices and, and kind of give them best practices. What would you say if you had to identify for an employer? Um, what would be, you know, your first maybe give me as many as you want, but your top three um, points to say, you know, these are things you can do to engage your employees to make sure that they are. Um, you know, that things are fair um, to make sure that, you know, you are being, um, I, I don't even want to say fair, equitable, because fair is a very subjective word, but equitable um, so, in regards, so. especially with, and, and I want to put it in perspective, because of course, the perspective of the great resignation is because we have found ourselves upon a two year pandemic and right. we're still finding, um, you know, the market, the job market is um, it's good for those that are looking, but it's not good because a lot of it is um, virtual and some people can't accommodate virtual and a lot of, and some of it is in person and some people can't accommodate that. And then we have, um, you know, the I don't I think the salary in some lines of work is still not competitive. So you have that challenge as well. So, you know, a uh, so, little bit for you to shoot on there. <laughs> yeah. So. To address your first thing, it really is not a list of things. It's one mm -hmm. communication. Okay, okay, I can agree with that. Okay, and communication needs to be open. You need to listen. You need to. Um, it needs to be a, a back and forth. You need to seriously try to understand where your employee is coming from. So, and you know, I think. For me, because I, you know, work in corporate America and have been for so many years, um, I've always view, viewed human resources, the human resources department or a human resources generalist, whomever I work with, and as a partnership. I think a lot of businesses don't, or a lot of a lot of um, in a lot of corporate cultures, human resources is viewed as those guys. You know, um, they're an entity separate from the organization in a sense of people. Um, you know, people are a little hesitant to reach out to human resources because it. It has a negative connotation with some organizations, but I've always viewed human resources as a business partner. So do you think that if more organizations actually made more an effort to um, partner with human resources and actually create a bit a space where they're a business partner and there's an alliance and then that way you guys could actually probably come in and, and do some give some feedback and, and kind of bridge those gaps. Do you think that's something that would help? Yes, in a lot of organizations now, they have titled uh, some of the consultant roles as, you know, HR business partner. So right off the bat, that's where your mindset is going to go. This is the title. This mm -hmm. is who this person is. Okay. They're business partner. So they're partnering with me, within my team, about my business. Mm -hmm. But leadership being, not being... Um, open for communication that's where it's going to start right it, it has to be on all levels okay and, and then you mentioned about um the the being in a pandemic absolutely so what the pandemic has done as far as being you know virtual and and um or face to face those individuals if i were face to face in retail, I think I would have a problem if my organization did not support mask wearing. That's my mm. person. So we have because that's keeping me safe for all that we know. You know, they're, yes, they're front line. That yeah. 
So that's what's happening. So you don't even have that much care about me to say you can't come in the store for just this little bit of time. Right. That shopping to and wear a mask. Right. So those those are some of the things. And then you have to realize that we don't know what happened behind the scenes mm -hmm. before the pandemic happened. Sure. How they were being treated. Sure. And so now people are saying, you know, I've been home all of this time mm -hmm. and I'm to sustain off of this amount oh, of money. That was going to be my I, next question. <laughs> I think that as a family, mm -hmm. let's come together and see how this, you know, can happen. I work with a, um, a young lady that her and her husband actually moved back home mm -hmm. with her parents mm -hmm. during the pandemic. Her job became remote. They moved back home. Her husband was able to not work because he was in the restaurant industry. Oh, wow. So they made choices. Yeah. She's still working. They're yeah. now at home. And I think a lot of people are doing that. I know there's a, there was a, um, I think it was uh, NBC did a special. And some people move into Greenville because mm -hmm. like Los Angeles to Greenville because it's, Let's yeah, explain. yeah. So people made a lot of lifestyle changes and choices. Um, to, change yeah, it. so, yeah, they're able to resign. Yeah, because it changes in their lifestyle. Yeah, because now they've been sitting at home, able to think about what is more important. Mm -hmm. Is it more important that you know maybe I just I move somewhere or do I risk? being sick can i go somewhere where i have more family mm -hmm. because that me i don't have family where i am right and it's, it's just me and my son so do i make that choice if i weren't able to work from home do i make that choice and go somewhere where i can you know do i resign be part of this great resignation i think in september there were over um like 4.4 million people that resigned wow. in september you're, Those numbers are amazing. I mean, they're, you know. I have to think about their baby boomers. Yeah. Like, you know, this is too dangerous for me. Let me go ahead and do this retirement. And I think a lot of these are generation, like my generation too. Um, You know, because of course, you know, I'm not a baby boomer, but I'm generation X. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people just found a way to maintain, you know, right. and to, re and, and again, to, you know, reduce um a lot of expenses. Um. And you change. You find you find out what's really important. I guess at that you know. Also, let's not forget about. I'm sorry. I said let's not forget about the side hustlers. The side hustlers, you know, and and, and you know, <laughs> I'm you know I'm a side hustler, and I, I think you are too. I think, but I think I think we saw a lot of side hustles turn into businesses, like turn exactly. into full blown businesses, and I'm and that's you know um, you know of course you know my podcast is for anybody, but just from an observation point, I noticed a lot of black people were able to actually become full-blown business owners and entrepreneurs. And, you know, that's something that may not have happened if, you know, the pandemic is detrimental. And, you know, I, I wish, of course, like everyone else, we wish it would go away, you know, but I guess out of everything bad, there's a little bit of good and you, you can find some good in some, some areas. And I think- you should try. You have to because this, this is the, you know the numbers are staggering. You know we're in Atlanta. We see 
the, we're in a continual red zone. It's just, it's so much. And I think people started finding out, I need to make sure that I'm nurturing my natural talents and those things that make me smile. And what may have been a hobby turned into a, you know, turned into a side hustle, turned into a, a business. And, right. you know, people learn that, you know, I have I love those stories. I do too. Yes. Listen, I, I I have a friend um that started an online boutique. I have a friend that's that started, I have a friend, you, I have a friend that started a candle line. I have a friend that started um a t-shirt business. And these things are still going. I have a friend, I have a I have a friend that started a um this is so funny. Literally, the pandemic made people start doing this. Um, parade parties. Yes. I have a friend that started a card business, yard cards. Yes. And that's a thing now. You know, so right. it's like we came upon this pandemic and we did a thing. And so now we have these, you know, these specialty businesses that have become a part of our culture. And I think that's fantastic. And, you know, one thing about it is um, we've seen it, you know, a really, truly driven person when their back is up against the wall. They they you, they may cower for a second, but they're going to figure out a way to to get out of that position. And I think a lot of people figured out I may not be able to do it this way, but let me. I'm gonna turn around and turn, you know, turn this around, and so they reevaluated their life. Exactly, and you reevaluate, and 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 reevaluating your life, you reevaluate. Do I really need to go on vacation three times a year? First of all, you can't now. So I think a lot of the luxury things that we were doing too, like all of the in-store shopping, retail therapy that we probably didn't need, probably turned into a lot of Amazon. I'm an Amazon. Uh, Amazon, they know me by name, I'm sure, but um. And but also a lot of the travel, travel had to get cut out. So people had to do things in a way that fit within that bubble of the pandemic. And I think a lot of people realizing, like, instead of doing like all of these mini vacations, I can do one big trip and make it, you know, this, you know, since things have opened back up for how long, we don't know. And I think people <laughs> are so excited to see their family. Yeah. So family vacations that don't require as much money yeah they're getting to that destination yeah they with family or yeah meet at a, a lower a place where the hotel rates are lower you're not change their lifestyles and people, um, you know, decide, like when you said your friend, um, her husband, he's in the restaurant business in the service industry and he had, he, he found himself without a job. And so they moved back home. I think, um, that is a example of how a lot of people are, um, reinventing that family unit too. Um, you're seeing, you know, what, you know, may not have been a closeness. People are like, look, I understand you have a situation now. So you're you're able to lean on family members. And I think it's just creating a different culture, you know, and, and you know, we know things go different ways. But I think um, just that part of like the job market where people said, hey, I can work for this small amount of money and send my kid to school and then, you know, have to worry about them, you know, possibly getting sick or I ha can't work because my kid is in virtual school and it's a challenge. You know, they're and, and let me elaborate a little bit more on that story. Yes. So they back. They moved from. Um, they were in. I want to say they were in either Hilton Head or 
Savannah because it, it's where the corporate office is. So they moved to West Virginia, which is going to be less expensive. So okay. that's what they moved to. Not only did um, she's able to work still because it, it was a remote position, but now they didn't have the childcare costs that they had because they had a, a baby. So, you know, that's always more. So now mm. they said, even though his income is not there, but they're back at home. Yeah. So they don't have overhead expenses that they had. He has gone to school to kind of sharpen up on some things. Okay. But now he's um, doing a private chef. Oh, see? You know, if this is what. Find, find another way. <laughs> and, and and now you have more probably more people doing parties private parties with smaller groups because you know again because of the circumstances we find ourselves in with this pandemic and i hate to keep referencing the pandemic but it's so real and it's such a day-to-day -day thing and i think sometimes we suppress it by feeling like we don't if we don't talk about it it's not there when we know that's not the case but it's a real life thing and it you know and we have to address it so okay we, we we identify communication is hands down the number one thing as a business owner as a you know as as a corporate leader as you know as a manager even as a, as an employee communication it, it's a two way thing you know um, we talk about sender receiver communication all the time and um, contouring your message to the receiver and also your response to the sender um, how would you tailor let's just say if um, we have situations um, other situations within that realm and we find ourselves as a okay i'm a boss or I'm, a, I'm a manager uh, and i'm you know i'm really trying to make it work for my employees i'm trying to accommodate them but also as a manager or as a company you can't be too over accommodating because you know you have you are in a position where you have to lead and you have to overall you have i'm sure company goals um at what you know at what point does oh is it over accommodating like i'll give you a scenario um i am a single mom mm -hmm. i have two kids i have a teenager and i have a six-year-old let's say and um you know my job is virtual but um sometimes i have to go for meetings but my manager sometimes will tell me the day before and if my 16 year old is not home i have to pay for after like my kids are not in virtual school they're actually in school they're in public um and so they're attending classes at the actual school and you know i have i have things like i have to make sure that if i don't have my 16 year old home then i have to arrange for some form of aftercare what type of communication as a manager because we know sometimes impromptu meetings as well and your role may have started out remote but sometimes there may be situations where you have to meet in person we know some there are exceptions to every rule right as a manager, um, and you've accommodated, you know, if there's a last minute meeting, you know, you understand and things of that nature, but it seems to be, a, it may be pushback from the employee. Like, I just can't meet in person. What are the, you know, how would you address that? Or how would you, um, you know, suggest that be addressed? Well, first of all, there should have been a hand in a handbook. Um, it should have been amended when this pandemic started mm -hmm. uh, um things of that nature so if you are doing impromptu meetings 
that's like coming to you at five o'clock and saying, oh, you need to stay. Mm-hmm. I usually am able to go. And when I say impromptu meetings, like the next day, like I like not 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 person, you know, not face to face meetings. Like I need you to meet me at the office today, you know, at the last. But I mean, it's still impromptu. It's still a last minute thing in a situation of you're you're telling the person that they need. I need you to meet me tomorrow, you know, and for hours. Uh, probably not. Not not all the time. No. I think that should be something that's lack of respect. Mm Hmm. At least give me 24 hours because what what is it that you need to see me in person about mm-hmm. that can't handle over the phone that we've been handling? Mm-hmm. I agree. It, and is it something that I can't do at 10 o'clock in the morning while my child is in school? Right. I can't do right. at that time. So I think there needs to be a, a give and take. I can meet you, but I just can't meet you. Let, let's talk about other options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so you said something and I almost chuckled, but I didn't because I know you take human resources very seriously. And, and <laughs> well, no, well, it would, it would have been, it would have been in, in cynicism. And I'm going to tell you why, because I, um, I'm a, I'm, I'm a stickler for, um, handbooks and you know this about me. I'm pro- process protocol. If there's a policy, follow it, that kind of thing. And I, I, I chuckled and I laughed because I'm always saying this. This is my thing. When we found ourselves knee deep in this pandemic, businesses should have reevaluated their human resources policies, their best practices, their business practices to accommodate the virtual cons, the, the virtual, um, the virtual area, the virtual Do you space. Think that they put in that addendums during right during. The, the pandemic during absolutely and i think i think percentage of numbers yeah will yeah yeah i think people i think and i don't want to say people i think um from my perspective i feel like companies have gotten so um comfortable with the space the virtual space that they feel like their policies translate and and a lot of them will translate over in a sense of um well, right, well, yeah, but in a sense, and, and this is where I'm going with this, in a sense of decorum and behavior, a lot of those will translate. But in a sense of business practice and performance, some of them will not. And it's weird because, you know, you think these Fortune 500 companies would have it figured out by now. When you have to, quote unquote, pivot, and I, I hate that word because I feel like it's just so, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like it's used so much in the wrong way. But that's that's what they say, or when and and they you know quote air quotes. Um, but when you have to um, maneuver differently around a situation, and you find that it's a situation that keeps occurring, that's something that you need to either address in memorandum or in addendum to policy. And a reason why is because a person can always say, "Oh, I thought." And, you know, rightfully so, because we're operating in a space that is still very new. A lot of corporations have found that people are actually more productive working from home because they don't have the, you know, the interruptions of the daily office space, um, office chatter, water cooler chatter, things of that nature. But at the same time, people are people I talk to, some of them are working longer because they don't they don't have a hard stop because they're just going, going, going. And I think, you know, there needs to be some clear, defined you know, answers when it comes to, you know, how you handle um, meetings, how, you know, you know, what the expectation is, um, you know, if it's a goal oriented or, or, you know, performance based role, because, you know, but I think it saves the corporation 
in a sense, because they feel like, okay, well, if I don't identify hard lines, then I'm okay. I'm good. I can still fall back. But no, every company should overhaul. First of all, you should overhaul your handbook every year anyway, annually to, you know, you have to be with the times, um, <laughs> the end, you know, and, and not just have the virtual section to be a snippet and talk about um, equipment usage, because that's what a lot of it is. It's but you know, back to communication. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, isn't it a beautiful thing how that work can just translate in so many ways? <laughs> yeah, it can, with any relationship. Yeah. Clear, concise communication. Yeah. And so, the relationship with you know a parent and a child, a you know a, a spouse, significant other, uh, or business, it needs to be clear, concise communication. Oh, it's going to be a failure. So, if you had to. You know, because we're kind of winding down. If if I said Kimberly, what would be? We know communication is your tagline. We're going to tag Kimberly as a communication communication business consultant and human resources guru at this point. If I said Kimberly, what would be um, as an employee? Because um, you know, again, we we have onus as well as employees, and you know, as business owners and corporate corporate um, leaders, they they have um, they have their incumbent areas as well. Um, what would you say as an employee? Um, to make sure that they're in a space to where they are receive are able to receive communication, but also, um, in a you know in an amiable way, of course, professional. And um, I don't I don't know how I want to say this. Basically, that they're in line, but also if, if they have um, questions, concerns, you know, based on of course their workspace. How would you as an employee? How would you handle? Like just being able to being making sure that you're following policy, but also communicating any challenges. Okay, so are you asking as an employee if you are not comfortable with the situation? Can you voice your concerns? And I know that's based on company culture. So you know what that was that was a trick question, I guess. <laughs> no, no, because you should be able to always right have a safe space. Right, right, absolutely. I like that phrase is. So it's a tricky phrase, but yeah, absolutely. You should be able to, you know, um, to voice your concerns. But what I would say is know your handbook. Okay. Know your employee handbook mm -hmm. because that's what it should be based on. So a manager can tell an employee whatever they want, mm -hmm. but something that's not inside that handbook, they're going to get challenged. Right. And that Right. If you're not comfortable with what your manager's doing, you should be able to go to your human resource department. You should be able to go to their leader. Mm -hmm. um, so it's always a skip level that you can you can take. You know, you don't go to the person that you're having the issue with. That could create a, a issue, a, another a, a bit larger issue. <laughs> you have an issue with that person, and you may not come across the way you intend to come across. Mm -hmm. It's better just to go ahead and um, speak with someone in human resources. But know your manual, know your policies, know that information first. And if, you, if you're not clear on the section that you're speaking of, get clarity, then come back with your questions. Mm -hmm. Because each time that you step away, if you're angry about something, each time you step away, you're gonna the next time you present yourself, you'll be at a calmer state. Okay, so my next question. 
I, I don't, well, I'm looking at you. Were you finished? Yes. Okay. <laughs> My next question in regards to that. Thank you, first of all, for that, because that is great information. What about um, the way to um, the medium to um, deliver that communication? Do you suggest verbal or, you know, I'm, a, I'm you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a documentation person. So I believe in, you know, email um, simply because it, it, you know, it lends a lot of support and, you know, when you, especially if you're having a challenging situation, you know, it just lends a lot of evidentiary support. Um, mm-hmm. with, I'm, I, I feel like I know what you're going to say, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to assume. What, what would you, what would you say? Document too. Uh, 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 document, document. And if you're in HR, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're not able to mm-hmm. do that first, but you can always follow up. Mm-hmm. Can't, thank you for your time on January 13th at 2 p.m. Um, I was, you know, the discussion about X, Y, and Z. And when you told me, you know, A, B, and C, you put all of that conversation back into your email correspondence. And before you do that, you should, how many times should you double check and read it? Because <laughs> you're not angry. Right, you. right. So you definitely want to make sure those are, but you know, those terms are professional. You're probably not angry. Yeah, um, you shouldn't be. You're just <laughs> trying to get a paper trail. Okay, okay. <laughs> we hope they're not. Kimberly, thank you for coming on the show. It has been great speaking with you. Now, I know there are going to be some questions and people are going to want to get in contact with you. So how can they do that? Um, they can send me an email, uh, Kimberly.Turpin, that's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y dot T-U-R-P-I-N at consultant.com. Okay. And do you have an Instagram or social media? I do have Instagram. It's at Kimberly Dawn Consulting on IG. On IG. All righty. Well, again, um, you know, we're going to definitely have you back to touch on some of those um, human resources questions and to make sure that we're staying in compliance. So listen, we want we want to thank you for coming on. It was such a pleasure having you and you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too, Candice. It was awesome being on here with you. Well, listen, I want everybody to make make HR their business, okay? <laughs> and don't be afraid of HR. HR is your friend. Absolutely. I, fairly, I agree 1,000%. I love human resources. They're my business partner wherever I go. So, guys, um, again, round of applause for Kimberly. Thank you again, and I look forward to speaking with you in another week. Yes. Awesome.